0: I'll bet you a nickel. Uh, four years from today, whether or not Starbucks is using Bitcoin, I'll say no, and I presume you'd say yes. In four years? You Starbucks. said four years. You
1: think Starbucks won't accept Bitcoin Yes, and I Yes, and I am betting you a nickel. You are
0: out of your mind. Uh, you have a big personality. You're wearing a Bitcoin tie. And you, Bitcoin socks. And Bitcoin socks. I'm Scott McGrew. Welcome to Sand Hill Road.
3: So don't settle. Find love at first drive and start shopping now at CarMax.com. CarMax, the way car buying should be.
0: Tim Draper is one of Silicon Valley's most outspoken venture capitalists, the son of a venture capitalist, the grandson of a venture capitalist. He finds his way into news headlines often. Draper launched a ballot initiative to break California into smaller states. He defended Elizabeth Holmes, the creator of the blood testing firm Theranos, even as the feds accused her of fraud. He told Detroit the only way they can compete is by building flying cars. The journalist Mark Yarn once said, Tim Draper has some crackpot ideas. Perhaps you should listen. This was the thing I was most interested in. What makes Tim Draper act like Tim Draper? But then I made a tactical mistake. I mentioned Bitcoin. And mentioning Bitcoin around Tim means you're going to talk about Bitcoin. You get into the news cycle by saying fascinating things. You know, Bitcoin's going to go to a quarter million dollars or whatever it happens to be. Oh, OK. I'll get on well, the. No, Bitcoin. No, no, no. I'll talk about Bitcoin in But no, 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 no. You got to let me going, ask the I'll question. Ta- first, no, well, let, me, let me ask the question. Well, you,
1: you threw a bunch of stuff out there. and I didn't remember all well, those things. It, it so a, let me go ahead okay. and hit Bitcoin. All right. OK. So Bitcoin is one of the greatest opportunities that human beings have ever had. Uh, Bitcoin and all the associated technologies, the blockchain, the smart contracts, all the artificial intelligence now because of all the big data, and that data will be secure because of Bitcoin and the blockchain. Um, This is one of the, the greatest technological advances that humanity has ever seen. And it can make a bigger change in society than any of us ever imagined. Draper owns a lot of Bitcoin.
0: We'll get to how much in a minute. A few years ago, he predicted the value of a single Bitcoin would pass $10,000 by 2017, and he was right, though Bitcoin has since plummeted to around $4,000. Nonetheless, Tim is bullish, predicting each Bitcoin will be worth a quarter million dollars by 2022.
1: The reason I I, uh, predicted uh Two hundred fifty thousand in twenty twenty two was that I, I realized that um, once Bitcoin is capable of doing every what people are capable of doing anything with Bitcoin that they can do with dollars, and that's probably two years away. People are going to make the trade off, and they're going to say, uh, "Do I want a, a currency that is tied to political forces that is uh, swings with the political winds?" Or do I want a currency that is frictionless and open and global and I can take it wherever I want, I can use it wherever I want? Um, I think they're going to choose that one. And if they do, then then Bitcoin will spread and the more it spreads, the more valuable it becomes. Draper also predicts regular people will routinely
0: use Bitcoin in their everyday lives four years from today, say to buy a coffee at Starbucks.
1: I think when you go to Starbucks to buy a cup of coffee and you try to pay with dollars, they will laugh at you because you are not using uh, Bitcoin or other cryptocurrencies. So, four years, Starbucks, that's the- They'll that's just the laugh prediction. at you. It will be like the old lady with the, the penny, paying out in pennies. I have been to that CVS. Yes. Where you <laughs> wait. you wait in line while they're pulling pennies out of their purse. Fair enough. And, and they will look at you and they'll say, my gosh, really, you're still tied to political currency? Why are you doing that? Fair enough. You're terribly,
0: terribly rich, I am not. Do you want to bet $1,000 to our favorite charity that in four years, whether Starbucks will be using Bitcoin?
1: Well, one way to get rich is not to bet. Uh, we, have a, we have a maximum of a five-cent bet in our family. You can bet five cents. Would and you like to bet five cents? Sort of a bet of pride, <laughs> uh, because I think you you throw your pride out there, and then you then you realize that you lose your value, you, you lose your mind a little bit with your pride. So, what are you trying to bet me? I'll bet you a nickel uh,
0: four years from today whether or not Starbucks is using Bitcoin. I'll say no, and I presume you'd say yes. In
1: four years, you Starbucks? said four years. You think Starbucks won't accept Bitcoin? Yes, in and, four I am, years? and I am
0: betting you a nickel. You are
1: out of your mind, Sean. Our producer
0: is here. <laughs> we have bet a nickel, and we should send he it is to a charity. Totally out of his mind. Okay,
1: let's do you, this. The, the, where have you been living? <laughs> let's do this. You coffee living in a hole. Okay, picture this: it's Friday afternoon when a thought hits you.
0: So Tim believes Bitcoin will be the coin of the realm, the common currency we all use at Starbucks. But Tim also sees Bitcoin as an investment. Buy a Bitcoin now for $4,000 and he predicts it'll be worth a quarter million dollars in just a few years. But both cannot be true, right? Let's do this coffee math for a minute. Hold on. Let's do this coffee math for a minute. One tenth of 1% of a Bitcoin right now is worth roughly four bucks. Okay. Okay. A coffee, unfortunately, costs about four bucks these days. If your prediction for 2022 of a quarter million dollars per Bitcoin is true, then one tenth of 1% of a Bitcoin is 250 bucks. Mm -hmm. So if I buy my coffee in Bitcoin now, I'm going to regret it because that was a $250 cup of coffee. Isn't that the problem with Bitcoin? You have Bitcoin, but you're not spending it.
1: Um, is that a problem? That's a temporary problem. And and there is a market for Bitcoin right now. And people are buying and selling Bitcoin. And they are actually buying and selling things and services with Bitcoin. Um, and there's a market for it. it. As it spreads, it will go up in value. And it is spreading. The, the um, People were saying, oh, it's hard because the Bitcoin blockchain doesn't, uh, you can't, uh, make that many uh, transactions very fast. Well, now with a lightning network and open node, you're going to be able to make transactions much faster than I don't disagree Visa that it's going to become Visa. more popular,
0: but isn't the problem if <clears> it gets more valuable, then you have this sort of deflationary pressure not to spend the money because you holding on to the money well, is no, a much as better. As it
1: gets more valuable, you will be more willing to spend it. As it gets less valuable, you're more anxious to hold on to it. All right. So I think, uh, I think as, it, but I think there's a marketplace out there and that's right now that marketplace is valuing it at $4,000. I am one point of view. My point of view is that, yeah, you probably want to buy at $4,000 because I think it's going to be worth 250000
0: Is it fair to say you have at least $120 million worth of Bitcoin?
1: I, I haven't really calculated that. So... Uh,
0: reasonable number,
1: you know. Why count?
0: <laughs> <laughs> that, that's the difference between you and me. Is I'm I'm constantly checking my Chase app to make sure I got enough money to pay for the car. Um, I want to go back to that original question about your personality, though. Um, you have a big personality. You're wearing a Bitcoin tie and you, Bitcoin socks and Bitcoin socks. Yeah. and you wear and you you announce interesting things you tell uh, Detroit that they should build flying cars. You are unique in that way. A lot of venture capitalists are, are quite quiet and understated, you are not. Is that because you are creating a brand or is that your real personality? If you and I just hung out every day, is that who you are?
1: Well, I mean, you brought up Detroit. I'm, I am um, looking to see humans progress as in as fast a way as they possibly can. And if that means that I need to take a stand somewhere and say, this is unpopular, I mean, at least it's not what is being talked about today in the press, I'm willing to do that. Um, being a little unpopular for a year while everybody else comes around, I think is fine. I mean, I, I think I'm always looking toward the future, I have a very good sense of what's going to happen in five to ten years because I spend most of my time interviewing entrepreneurs who are telling me how the world's going to look in five to ten years, and uh, and just because that five to ten year view is not the same as the view that is being uh, talked about in the press on that day, uh, doesn't mean I don't believe it. I, the- I have a good sense for what the future is going to look like, and so that's when. I was in Detroit, and they asked me, um, so, you know, what should we do? And I said, well, look, you you totally missed the, the electric car boat. Electric boat car. You gotcha. missed the electric car. Um, so you've got to start thinking five years ahead, so you better make them fly. And that's what I said, and it, it upset the president of GM and the president of Chrysler. Actually, the president of Ford was very open to the fact and said, hey, we're, we're uh, you know, we really should innovate a little bit more. And then the president of GM went ahead and bought cruise automation from us and um, paid a good hefty price. And he was, um, and he bought it. So obviously, he was listening. I mean, so look. I mean, if, if that's what it takes to move humanity forward, I'm going to go ahead and do it. What's the the least interesting, most important thing you've ever
0: done? You are often quoted for the outrageous things that you say, or the most interesting things you say. What's the least interesting, most important thing you've accomplished?
1: I think the most important thing that I've accomplished, I don't know how interesting it is. Um is probably that I um, came up with viral marketing. Through Hotmail, yeah. Through Hotmail. And then it was used for Skype and it was used for Gmail and for almost every communications product that has been spread throughout the world. So I'd say, yeah, that would be one, maybe uh, doesn't always make headlines, but it is pretty awesome that now... 60, 70% of the population of the earth are now uh, interconnected because we figured out a free way of spreading the word by having the customer become the sales force.
0: I've interviewed Tim many times in the past, and one of the most notable was in the spring of 2018, shortly after the feds charged Theranos founder Elizabeth Holmes with fraud. Tim is personal friends with Elizabeth. He invested a million dollars in Theranos. I had invited him on the TV show Press Here to talk about a different issue. I warned him several days ahead of time, though, I'd be switching topics on him. Here's a clip from that show. Good morning, everyone. I'm Scott McGrew. I am always completely straightforward with my guests, and I invited my first guest, venture capitalist Tim Draper, on today to talk about the 3California project, but then the news cycle interfered, and my promise to Tim is we're going to talk about his idea to break California into three parts in a moment, but before that, we got to talk about Theranos. Tim was pretty angry about that switcheroo even a year later. In fact, he mentioned it off-mic before we started our podcast interview. If you care about that, I'm willing to talk about it. Theranos... There is a HBO uh, series coming out or a documentary, Out for Blood. Do you plan to watch it?
1: it probably not. I've got a lot of other things. Have I you heard the do.
0: podcast, The Dropout on ABC's podcast? No. Have you read Bad Blood by John Kerry Roo? No. You defend Elizabeth Holmes, and you have every right to, but you, you aren't listening to these claims by these various journalists about what she has done. Why wouldn't you listen or
1: watch to these programs to hear the counter-argument? Oh, you know, sometime I might get around to it, but I've... I read, uh, John Kerry's first article, and, um, and he was damning with innuendo, and there was no... there were no proof, there was nothing there, and... and I thought, you know, why would I follow that person? You know, I'm i am gonna follow people who, who do deep research and really understand things, not people who have an agenda and want to take down a great entrepreneur. I've seen an entrepreneur do extraordinary things, and then when they've done these extraordinary things, uh, and they are moderately successful, nobody seems to care. But if they're enormously successful, they get picked off. And, uh, and so, you see the attacks on Zuckerberg, you see the attacks on Bezos, you see the attacks on Travis, see the attacks on... I mean, if the press could find who Satoshi Nakamoto is, I'm sure they'd be after him, too. And, uh, and attacks on Elon. I, I think that, uh, that I look and I say, those people are heroes, they took huge risks they they sacrificed huge parts of their lives. They made the world better for all of us. They they did extraordinary things, and now that they're hugely successful, somehow we're supposed to come back at them and say, "Hey, you're doing something wrong." I don't I don't think that's right. I don't think it's proper. I do understand that sometimes when a business gets so so big and so influential, that it um, it can start. Uh, Harming a population in some way, but uh, but by uh, forcing entrepreneurs, hugely successful entrepreneurs, to go take change their their whole personality, which was a risk seeking and risk taking personality, and suddenly become uh, you know ordinary citizens. I think is unrealistic, and I think uh, it's it's really uh, quite amazing what these entrepreneurs do. And by driving them away, we are discouraging future potential entrepreneurs from going after great things. So I think um, the the press. Uh, is doing what they're supposed to do. They're, they're, uh, and hopefully encouraging free speech and encouraging the news to spread. Um, But I don't know where this schadenfreude comes from. This, this attack and vicious rumor mill to try to take down Elizabeth Holmes has been uh, a real setback for humanity.
0: Next week, Alphabet Chairman John Hennessy will talk about possible government regulation, entrepreneurship, and Google's big plans in San Jose. That's next week on Sand Hill Road. For more interviews with Silicon Valley's most influential entrepreneurs, check me out on TV at Press Here. If you're in the San Francisco area, that's Sunday mornings on NBC Bay Area and everywhere in the world on iTunes at presshere.tv.com.